It was the same day. <laughs> it was the same day. It was the first legitimate smartphone I ever had outside of like the Blackberries. It was the first Android I ever got. About six hours after I got it, Casey calls 1-800-FAT-GIRLS for a minute, <laughs> and I start getting text messages from them. It's called following up. That's good customer service. Get you a fat girl. Just stick it in. Your credit card, that is. Oh, I get it. Pussies are the original chip readers. Don't remove it yet. Don't remove it yet. Don't remove it yet. Get it the fuck out of here. <laughs> There are good movies and there are great movies. But that's not what we watch here because this is shitty cinema. This is cinema. We are four film masochists who love to take on the worst movies we can find centered around our monthly theme to answer one simple question. Would you watch it again? I'm Jay and I'm joined by Dave. Hello. Casey. Das Vidanya. And you. I think I have an erection. Is that Russian? Every week, one of us has to pick a movie based on that month's theme. Dave, what's this month's theme? This month is Van Damuary when we look at the life and works of the greatest martial artist ever to come out of Brussels. Uh, pretty short mm. list, but still counts. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Last week, we finally got around to watching one of his absolute classics, Time Cop, and learned yeah. that some of the kung fu in it did not hold up as well as my 10-year-old brain remembered. Don't no. judge me, I loved it. No. This week was Juice's turn. Juice, what did we watch? This week, I went with something that we have never brought to Van Damuary. This is a movie I had heard about, I didn't know much about, but I brought it. It was Maximum Risk from 1996. I, we <laughs> were pussies and didn't risk watching this for a long time because this has like a pretty low rating. Everybody was talking shit about it. And, right. oh, someone owes me an official apology. This isn't my first time watching Maximum Risk. I've seen it more than once. It's just been a what long time. What the fuck? I just Why have it. you never you... made me sit down and watch this? I don't I don't know. I've watched so much fucking movies. Mm. I couldn't remember that I watched but but as soon yeah. as the opening scene, I was immediately getting recollections as we went through the movie. I remembered a lot of it. I love Maximum Risk. It was like Spoiler a that's alert. so Raven moment. Like yeah. I saw him go to a faraway place and he was just like, oh, I've seen this. There is sort of this just blob of Jean-Claude Van Damme in my consciousness of various scenes that I don't know what movie they're from or right. if I've necessarily seen this one or that one. It's just sort of a collection of high kicks and splits that just lives <laughs> in there. Juice, before we get ahead of ourselves, you need to give us an elevator pitch where you sell us on this movie in 10 seconds or less. Here's your setup. So you have just found out that you have a twin brother you never met that you've been separated from birth from. Uh, ah. He's a Russian mobster, so you flew to New York, and you've actually committed a couple of major crimes trying to avenge his death. Uh, unfortunately, it turns out this is not your long-lost twin brother. It's just a white guy with a similar beard that you thought looked like you. Oh, damn. Yeah. So the police are on your tail, and you're about to be arrested. In the 10 seconds before they slap the cuffs on you, sell us on this movie. Van Damme is an ex-French sniper turned cop who avenges his brother's death by beating the literal fuck out of the crooked FBI and the rushing mob. Also, he gets the girl. Ten seconds. That well was a nail done, Juice. You really maximized your yeah. time there. You just went to the max. It's almost like the <laughs> risk you took was to the maximum. Well, it's you a should maximum really risk. write titles, Jay. You're Thank wasting you. your life in IT. Thank you. Well, Casey, unfortunately, you were a betrothed to my late not-brother, but 
when I'm looking for him, you turn up in the investigation and you're just down the hallway as the cops are about to show up and arrest me. After I got the cops and they're leading me out the building, you are about to be found hiding in the corner. Sell us on this movie. A sexy French mom jeans version of Mr. Magoo murders his way through the Russian mob, the FBI, and some Skeletor pussy. I like your dad cut, G. Seven seconds. He had uh, dad hair in this movie, and I didn't want to like it, but I was like, oh, fuck me up with that feathered ass hair. Yeah, you got real into it. I did not expect to. What oh, the, it was kind of like when Michael Keaton went blonde. I was like, what is happening? Why have I thrown every <laughs> pair of panties at the television screen? He's a fucking snowman, Casey. Get it under control. <laughs> I don't know. Van Damme's hair in this was just maybe because he's just coming off of like short mullet, like Rosie O'Donnell yeah. mullet years. Where I'm just like, oh, my God, anything. <laughs> Let's go over the movie that shitty cinema watched. <laughs> okay. JCVD plays Mikhail, a Russian mobster who gets murdered by the FBI in the opening scene of the movie. Luckily, JCVD is also Alain Moreau, detective for the French police and the long-lost twin brother of our dead Russian. To understand why his surprise bro had to die, Alain assumes Mikhail's identity and heads to New York. There, Alain quickly gets in with the Russian mob as everyone mistakes him for his dead brother, including Mikhail's girlfriend, Alex. Yeah, and greets him by a kiss, which... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Russian mob isn't stoked about Mikhail's return, prompting the mob boss, Ivan, to lead the hunt for Mikhail. I mean, he's Russian. That's got to be Ivan, right? Yeah, yeah, it's Russian Ivan. Yeah, fun okay, facts cool. about Ivan. He's tall. He's very calm. He's got a penchant for violence. And he likes to tell fun anecdotes about world record breath holders while his lackeys choke people. I mean, you just said he's calm and has a penchant for violence in the same sentence. Is that is is that a contradiction? Nah, nah. You could you could calmly be violent. <laughs> no. It turns out the Russian mob wants Mikhail for the same reason that the FBI wanted him. Because he's crazy flexible and doesn't talk much. That's Casey's Tinder profile. <laughs> Mikhail has evidence that the FBI agents were working for the mob, so that's why the mob and the FBI wants him. Good Van Dam reveals his identity to Alex, and they escape the Russian mob. The pair hunker down in a cabin in upstate New York, where the FBI show up, revealing all they want is for good Van Damme to get the contents of bad Van Damme's lockbox in France for them. When Alain says no, they try to take Alex hostage. Too bad they got Van denied! Uh-huh. Oh, that was a stretch, Casey. It was a split. <laughs> Sex. Touche! <laughs> Touche! All right. Alain and Alex escape the FBI and head to the Russian mob's bathhouse. Alan has a meeting with Ivan and his boss, Dimitri, in towels. Dimitri loved Mikhail like a son, so when he finds out from Alan that Ivan has been trying to kill him this whole time, he just cuts Ivan out of the business. Nothing like murdering your boss and his most loyal people while they chill out wearing nothing but towels. Uh-huh. <laughs> not, really, not really something a Snickers is going to fix there. Luckily, Alan <laughs> gets away from the mob only to be arrested while Alex is taken hostage by the FBI. When Alain gets out of the pokey, he, Alex, and the FBI go on a dream vacation to the bank in France to get the contents of the lockbox. (laughs) And hot on their trail is Yvonne, waiting in the parking lot for Alain while holding his old boss hostage, ensuring that they'll have their shot at a final fight. Alain recovers the contents of the lockbox, which includes evidence, a boat fuck ton of money, a spoken word mixtape from his brother, and a classy pistol. It was that mixtape that motivated him to murder his way out of the bank, actually. 
One by one, Alain kills everyone who tries to stop him, rescues his boss, and lets Yvonne burn in a van like that annoying piece of meat that falls off your burger into the grill. Ooh, crunchy. Oh. Yeah. At last, Alain is chased into a pork factory for the final showdown with the FBI. He incapacitates both corrupt agents before he faces his final test, introducing Alex to his mother. So I may not test well with mothers, but I feel like I could just, like, get up to the point of the sex scene and then just dip before I have to meet his mom. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like, I'll I'll go get shot at at a titty bar with you. I don't know. You've never so, taken me to a gunfight in a strip club. Yeah, uh, that's true. I have never, ever been involved in a gunfight in a strip club. But I am not a badass like Van Damme. But no. honestly, where we live... Like, gunfights and strip clubs is not a, a mishmash of words that doesn't make sense if you see yeah. strip clubs know, in our I area. <laughs> like I know. It's really shocking. We haven't seen a gunfight at those. Yeah. I do have to ask, so I, I am not a man of the world who frequents Russian bathhouses, but all of my experience uh. with them from movies tells me that there are just gunfights and fistfights going down in there all the time. All the goddamn time, Dave. I love the bathhouse scene. Like, yeah, it's, it's not just favorites. gunfights. Dimitri, the head Russian boss, Ivan's daddy, he gets fucking stabbed like that, like, four-time quick stab in the, the prison stab, I like to call it, in the side of the gut. Yeah. That was brutal. That shocked me. I didn't see that going down like that. Also, it was really yeah. cute to see a bunch of chubby, wet Russians in towels trying to run on a wet floor. <laughs> like that was a real. That was a real. Oh uh, yeah, a real thing. That felt yeah, like real. They, they really want to get out of the scene where all the murders happening, which makes sense. But all of them are doing the Looney Tunes like whoop 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 whoop. Well, if they just slide on the floor, and the the guy that ends up stabbing Dimitri is. Essentially, Jean-Claude Van Damme's nemesis in this movie. He's this massive Russian dude, probably a good six, seven inches taller than Van Damme, wider, ripped, blonde hair, and he gets in the, the two of them, Van Damme and this Russian dude, get in a fight in fucking towels. Yes. He looks like a cross between Brock Lesnar and... Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren, thank yeah. you. Oh, I just blinked. It. Yeah, it's it's really strange, but it mm. he kicks ass, dude. Like he's a great foil for Van Damme in this film. Yeah, he was one of the antagonists throughout the film, and this is one of their their first major clashes where they really get to duke it out. And I got really strong vibes of the Russian from the Punisher movie, uh, the first yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. That's not me not remembering his name. That's all they called the character was the Russian. <laughs> They got to duke it out in the beginning of the movie in the fire scene when he goes to get his adoption oh, that's papers. True. That's true. Yeah, a little bit. They, they are fighting in the fire. Yeah. And, and that f- fight's awesome because the fucking building is on fire burning down around them. Yeah, both uh, this giant Russian and Jean-Claude Van Damme are obviously very good at martial arts, and they're both really good stage performers and fighters, so we got some great combat scenes out of them. The rest of the action in the movie was kind of hit or miss on how good the actual kung fu was, but it was well filmed to kind of cut around that where it wasn't. Yeah. So they overall did a pretty solid job of it throughout. Well, yeah, they did a really good job. When you're talking about the grappling in the bathhouse scene, right after that, you get a fight between Jean-Claude Van Damme and Big Bad Russian Boy in a fucking elevator. Yes. That, that was fucking yes. fantastic. That was my that favorite. A- they did this great oh. once they're knocked on the ground. You know, the Russian guy's throwing them against the walls and shit. And they do this great from the top down shot of them grappling on the ground after the most jarring scene where 
I'm sorry, before they go to the ground, Russian guy is choking Van Damme from behind and he can't really do shit about it. So he sees that he's dropped his knife. So he turns it around and steps oh. on it and shoves yeah. it backwards <laughs> into the Do guy's front of foot. his foot, like probably under his big toenail. Oh, Jesus. Like lost oh. their big toenail three to five times on the right foot. Like, oh. Jesus Christ, that it's hurts awful. me to watch. Yeah. I yelled. Um, and then they're on the, of course, that guy goes down as you would. And they're grappling the ground. And of course, they stop at a floor. And all these French fucks are like, oh, we, we, what are we doing? I just want to get in the queue. And he's like, get the fuck out of here. And they do. I mean, at least they listen. I will say, I mean, though, to be fair, you know who you, doesn't listen? Fucking the fucking secretary at the adoption center. Because as the building's on fire, like, Bay and Dam's like, hey, get out of here. Hey, I'm trying to help you. And she's like, oh, don't hurt me. Oh, I think I'm going to ignore everything you say. You stupid bitch. How are you a fucking secretary? All you have to do is listen to orders. And complete them. <laughs> it's literally your job. And all of a sudden, now your boss is dead. You're a free-range fucking secretary. Like, you, you got a sock. You're free. Fuck off, dude. Jesus. You were just going to stand there and burn to death, you dumbass. I'm sorry I didn't like her. You really have strong feelings about her. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, I'm, I'm with you, Juice. The elevator fight scene is one of my all-time favorite Van Damme fight scenes because it is fucking brutal, but it's also shot really well. And the the space, the limited amount of space in the elevator makes the scene really tense. And I like that they break it up with comedy. All right, Dave, you said you don't really like the action scenes. Some of the non-nemesis action scenes. So, for example, in the beginning of the movie, when uh, Alan first assumes the identity of his brother, they have the fight in the alley. Yeah. Right, and I that thought that was, was great. I, so what what didn't you like about that fight? I, I didn't. And what's wrong? With I didn't you? say that I don't like some of the action scene. I said that some of the action scenes yes, aren't phenomenal martial arts. Okay. Because that's okay. not this movie is a really good example of something from the late 80s through the 90s. That's kind of died off since then. The small to medium budget action flick. It's not a kung fu movie in that it's right. not a movie about how good the actors in it are at kung fu. Uh, which we got a lot of in the 70s and early 80s. It's an action movie made on the cheap that is just about telling a story with a bunch of guns and cool fight scenes in it. And if we can get people who are great at kung fu, all the better. But that's not really a requirement of the genre, <laughs> okay. necessarily. We that's can cut fair. around it otherwise if that doesn't work out. Yeah, and but you would mentioned that it, this is fucking brutal. That And that scene in particular, he yeah. just without abandon beats the fuck out of these three Russian mobsters. I was getting a very much a Steven Seagal with a sack full of fucking pool balls. Did he do that? Oh, yes, he did. And I forgot about that. Yeah, I can't remember what movie that was in. Okay, my in the alley fight scene, Juice, my, my favorite part, and it's a classic, it's a classic Van Damme, classic action movie, is when... You have the bad guy standing on the hood of the car, and you do a fucking sweeping Fuck, kick. Yep, yeah, yep. and he falls down onto the hood. Yeah, love that. I love that. I'm not a big gunfight movie kind of person, but I enjoyed okay. the gunfight scenes on the streets of New York while Ivan's trying or Yvonne, sorry, <laughs> sorry France or Russia or whoever just offended Ivan, Yvonne, whatever. When he came out of the nightclub after Mikhail was just like, "Yeah, I'm gonna pretend to be Russian now." And he comes out shooting and just is fucking spraying the street up. Does not give a shit. Does no. not give a shit. 1996 New York, I see you. 
That was one of the things that was breaking my immersion for the first like third or so of the movie. Because when JCVD comes over from France to the U.S. and starts trying to like infiltrate the Russian mob in New York, he keeps getting in all these fist fights with bad guys on the street. And in my brain, I kept saying, and then he got shot in the face. And then he got shot in the face. And then he got shot in the face. Dude, you're it. You can't. You can't just start fights like that in the U.S. You don't know who's carrying here. I'm sorry. It's a good point. Yeah. I, I'm i mad on the gunplay in this movie. I enjoy it. It's fun. Van Damme does a lot of ridiculous shit for a quote-unquote sniper because he fires his pistol one-handed and turns it sideways at one point to shoot <laughs> out the tires. So, so I was a little like, ah, wish you had yeah. leaned more into that, but... That Van Damme shooting at the tires is a good example of what I mean around it's not necessarily super well done because all we see is a real close up of Van Damme holding his gun sideways, firing it, and then a real close up of a tire exploding yeah. on this van. Okay. You know, it, yeah. it tells the story, but we're, it's not winning any fucking awards here. I mean, what? this wasn't about the fucking gunplay. This was about the beatdowns. Yeah. Well... I, they do a good job of mixing it, too, though. The the last fight scene where he fights the FBI in the pork house, and you get some martial combat, but also Van Damme shoots both the cops. He shoots one of them in the shoulder, right, and the other guy in the knees. Oh, okay. that was fucking brutal. The guy he shoots in the knees is Dave, drumroll, because I was so excited to see him. Oh, my God, yeah. The, the fucking partner from Invisible Man, the sci-fi TV series that... <laughs> Like seven people remember at this point. What up, seven people? I love Two that of them show. are on this podcast. You found us. I fucking loved that show. Don't talk shit to me. I mean, you can try to talk shit to me, but I'll just make you cry. I fucking love that show. Vincent Fantrosca, I totally wanted you to put a teenage baby in me. <laughs> what? He had everything, all the trappings I like. He, like po- he had pokey hair. You know what I mean? His uh-huh. hair was all sorts of pokey. When I met you, you had pokey hair. That was I a did. requirement. Yeah. yeah. Gotta have pokey hair. Gotta have that well, gel yeah. poke up. Yeah. The, what, the late 90s, early 2000s, pokey hair is fucking required. <laughs> right? Now you guys all look like fucking handsome with your long hair. Okay, we can't forget, though, that Maximum Risk gives us the trifecta of action movie stuff. So not only do we get the martial arts combat, and not only do we get some fun gunplay, but we get... Car chases. Yeah, yes. there are quite a few of those. Quite yes. a few. And they're good car chases. They're fun. Yeah, they okay. keep you... They, well, they pepper them in perfectly. Right, right. They don't overuse them, right? It's not like the Italian job where we just get too many fucking car chases. I'm, well, it's I'm just, just like kidding. a 20-minute long. <laughs> I love the Italian job. <laughs> I mean, it's not, they're not long. It's just every time they get in a car, they are going to be chased. But it's a quick. It's, like, it's a quick right. car chase. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I want to bring up, at what point did you see a Mentos commercial in this film? Because that is something Van Damme does, where you can always turn something into a Mentos commercial. I'll go first. I'm going to do the opening scene of when it's really Mikhail being chased through France. And... He's running from the bad FBI agent guy from the Invisible Man, and he's running upstairs, and he's jumping over balconies. Those balconies are swinging off and falling. I was like, how can, this, how can that not support 170 pounds? How did you put fucking plants out there? Did you make I your know, kid do right? it? Like, I get it. That's why you're a small, but hazard. still, that's kind of fucked up. Um, and he's, like, crashing and falling to the streets. 
but he's still doing that kind of like, ho, 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 I'm being chased. I kind of like it thing. And then it, of course, ends with him stealing a motorcycle fruit bike thing <laughs> and crashing head onto a car and then flying over that car through the windshield of another car. <laughs> and it was fantastic. <laughs> Fresh goes better. Oh fuck, you're dead. I didn't know he was gonna die at the I, beginning. Yeah, I, I would love the alternate universe where every Mentos commercial ends with the like protagonist of it just getting smoked by a car and dying as the jingle keeps playing. Or a train. <laughs> yeah. There's the dead body. The train continues going, and then the Mentos song. Right. You see a like, foot. Or like they're hopping fences in a zoo and then they turn to camera and hold up the Mentos and then an alligator just grabs him by the leg and drags him into the water. Pulls him away. (laughs) Casey, I got a contrast. That was a great Mentos commercial, but we were just talking about the greatest Mentos commercial in this movie when Jean-Claude Van Damme is chasing the van that his partner is held captive in. And not only after they flip the van and the van's on fire, his partner... Beats the fuck out of the guy that was holding him captive, pushes his head up through one of the broken windows just to allow Jean-Claude Van Damme to pistol whip the motherfucker, falls into the fucking van, helps his friend out, and the van blows up. Van like, daddy. He with was the van straight. blowing up in the background, that's when you play the fucking Mentos commercial. <laughs> oh my god, but can we one, make Jess? it like an industrial rock version and he doesn't look back at the explosion? I, that was probably my favorite part of Van Damme losing his humanity in this film of like, he could have either A, helped him out, B, shot him to put him out of his misery, but instead he was like, nah, fuck you, suffer, and then walked away. I loved that. That's why I eat Mentos. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Can I give you my pitch for my avant-garde Mentos commercial in this movie? Yes. So yes. It's because it's, it's a slow burn Mentos is what I'm thinking of it as. When they okay. first get to the adoption office, and Van Damme rides the elevator up as the Russian mobster is riding the elevator down. That's our first pass when the jingle comes in. Fresh goes Okay, better. I love that, by the way. Then we're, right. Then we're just back to the movie. Van Damme heads into the office. His partner starts going down the stairs. We see the elevator coming back up with the Russian in it again. Mentos freshness. <laughs> <laughs> Another five minutes or so of movie fight scene. They get back into the elevator and head back down. Russian gets stabbed through the toes with a knife. That's our big oh. moment. Man, just full of life. That is a really weird avant-garde. I think you should edit that together and send it to Mentos and be like, this is my commercial I made for you. Go. Okay. Can I bring something up really mundane but really did it for me? Yes. So at the end, when he's listening to the mixtape from his brother explaining some stuff like, hey, I was in the mob. Sorry. Um, I just found out if about If we're listening to this ago. together, that means I'm alive. If we're not, I'm dead. And it's like, yeah, no shit. You're dead to me. Um, but Van Damme, he's recording this in an American accent. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie. It was fucking good. He did a really good job on an American accent. And here's what's fucking crazier to me. Unlike when Jude Law did it, it was still hot. It was still <laughs> okay. hot. Because when Jude Law did an American accent, my innie turned into a super innie. It was just like, <laughs> nope, uh-uh, no, absolutely not. Don't come near me, you frog face motherfucker. And then as soon as he started talking British again, I was like, oh, my God, yeah, put it in my eye. 
I wish he would have done guile in an all American accent, but oh, you know. I don't know. I the his accent I don't think... in the scene. I'm going to kick his ass or whatever he says when he's motivating the troops. I love that. I, oh, yeah. I like the you. I'm the repo man, and your ass is six months overdue. Like, oh right, right. Tell I me more. That in an American accent. I, need I would be more Belgian interested accent. in extending my car's warranty if they called me like that rather than like car <laughs> warranty. Like, I really like that they focus on the show, not the tell, to demonstrate the difference between the two Van Dams. Like, they don't have him portray his twin except in the beginning, where he doesn't really have any lines. It's not like double impact. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where he's like, just he's trying to be opposites. Like, yeah. Like, just having him, the closest he gets is just having him do like a sexy Mr. Magoo and bumbling his way around his brother's life. He doesn't I, ever try to be like, I'm a tough guy. He's just like, okay, I got to know when to stab someone. That's that's one of the things that I really liked about this movie is that the runtime is what, an hour 40, I think? Uh, yeah. And if you made this movie today, it's part of why we can't have smaller medium budget action movies anymore, because they would insist on another 20 goddamn minutes exploring his relationship with the brother that he never knew. And right. The nature right. versus nurture argument of where they got here versus in 96, we could just say, no, it's a fucking twin action movie. You've seen like four or five of these. You've got the general idea. Brother, he never knew. Russian mobs involved. Let's fucking get to it. Well, a lot of <laughs> right. address that because he's like, hey, like. That could have been me. I face it the same right. choices. That could have been me. Yeah, sure. And but that was they one just kind of lost. Right, but they don't waste another twenty minutes on it. It's just like, hey, this dude yeah. that I don't know but is related to me. That's pretty fucked up. Right. I guess I'm just gonna do my best and try to figure well, they, it out. And they fucking show it too. Exactly, you, like you said, they show and not tell. Where Van Damme bumbling his way runs into his brother's girlfriend, and they're sitting there making out, and his girlfriend or. His brother's girlfriend grabs his ass and he's like, oh, you're harder than you used to be. <laughs> right? About that. Okay, if we're talking about the storytelling in this movie, I think they nail it. And, and yeah, I, uh, so one of my favorite things, and it's a little, it's a little bit that grow on me. There is a cabbie in the movie that Van Damme meets when he first gets there and he's super oh. cringe, but he turns out to actually be a fourth wall breaking storytelling mechanism. Yes. And he foreshadows some of what's going to happen. He talks about writing Van Damme's character's story down. And when he dies, he narrates the end of the first act <laughs> to the audience, but it's done in a way that's adorable and like heartbreaking for Van Damme's character and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, you started it. out hating him. Yeah, yeah I did I too. Like, oh, I was so mad. Really, mm. I, I'm with you there. At first, I was like, this, like, where are they going with this? This is right. really, this character's right. fucking weird. But he came back around and stuck with the whole, I'm telling a story. You need to get me plots for the end of the first right. chapter. <laughs> and then he fucking gets shot and fucking finishes like, well, I guess this is, uh, this is yeah, the and- end of the first chapter. I'm like, oh, you motherfuckers, you did it. And it finishes on a beautiful note because Van Damme was looking for Alex Bohemia. And it turns out Alex is Mikhail's girlfriend who works at the Bohemia. And he says, oh, what a twist. And he fucking dies. It's so good. It's so good. Okay, I want to make a reference to a separate seven people that have seen the anime Bacano. <laughs> it was just like 
the character jacuzzi splat where you're like god i hope he gets raped to death by fire bears and by the end you're like okay he's an okay character okay yeah it was very much the same genesis for jay because at first he's like oh my god this cabbie and then he was, he was really sad when he died. I I was too. They they definitely they they did the bait and switch where it's like you hate this guy and then they kick you in the nuts with his death. Well, it's yeah. another trope of the genre to have the like weird quirky side character driver. Yeah, it, it is. Every diehard has one of those. Right. I, tons of action movies have them. So I I guess I liked a little bit that they did have him kind of wink at the camera on this one around. (laughs) I went through a similar journey in that I fucking hated him at the start of the film. I don't think he had the full redemption arc for me that he did for you, Jay, because I was just kind of like, well, at least he's gone, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we're done now. I don't know. So the guy could be funny. The director, Ringo Lamb, actually started doing comedies. And I feel like... He works really well with Van Damme. I have not seen his other work with Van Damme, but I'm going to. He does Replicant. Replicant, yeah. um, Van Damme technically isn't a brother. He's a clone of himself, (laughs) so I'm really excited for that. Just earlier this week, we were talking about how many fucking Jean-Claude Van Damme brother movies there are. Yeah, there's. if we're counting clones, there can be more. But there he he more. did three more Van Damme films, and he produced one of our favorite films, Simon Says, with uh, oh, yeah. Dennis Rodman and Dane Cook. Ooh, it was funny. Was Remember the priest? Great. Yeah, that movie's fucking fantastic. There's so much fishnet and neon. We need to talk about <laughs> Alex because she was a waitress at a weird Russian club, but she was an absolute fucking terror to every other waitress in this film. Like the coffee shop scene. Where they're sitting in a coffee shop and she's like, I don't want to help you do this. That's a, too much of a maximum risk. And then stands up and like, where the fuck's the bill? Like, bitch, you just then, got coffee delivered. No, she goes, where the fuck's the bill? And then leaves. Yeah. Walks and the then fuck goes, out the door. Like, what, and then comes the bill? back and sits down. Like, fuck you. She's rude to everybody. Never mind. You know what? She wasn't a waitress. She was a hostess, and that makes so much more sense. They're literally the <laughs> fucking Karens of the service industry. They're kind of wow. the worst. <laughs> the, the, Are they really? I, listen, I worked in a restaurant for a long time. I've done host. I've done hosting, primarily waitressing. Hosts are the Karens of the fucking serving industry. <laughs> okay, but do most hostess have as fantastic boobs as she does? What boobs? She didn't have any, fa- her BMI was negative four. She didn't have any tits. Those were ribs with nipples titties. on them. <laughs> those were, those were McRibs. Those oh. were McRibs. Hey, guys. Is that how the, they make McRibs? Stop. Is that where they come from? They're McRibs. Yes. Oh. Okay, and let's talk about the coffee shop scene and the cabin scene and every other scene where they're on the lam and they decide to sit in front of a fucking picture window. They're in, a, yes. in the middle of an empty restaurant sitting right in the... Bitch, you're running from the cops and the mob, and you're just going to sit in front of the picture window <laughs> so you have a good view while you tell this guy that you're not banging that you might bang him later because he looks like his, you know, your dead ex. Oh, man. Okay, so talking about banging and Dave's discomfort with this movie, the first time they fuck is in a bathroom with the two corrupt FBI agents in the hotel room, immediately on the other side of the fucking oh, yeah. door. Oh, come Presumably on, tell me you haven't. it to the sound. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I Tell me you that. haven't fucking had sex in the fucking bathroom during a party while there's other people doing their shit around. Not okay, that's with totally cops different in the than other when you're room. being held by fucking feds. Yeah, but you're also not an ex-sniper turned cop. That's how they fucking do it. I don't know that's true. I, I'm saying that it is. You can't convince me otherwise. I mean, if I thought, hey, I might be dead tomorrow, I guess I would definitely try to make a pass. Like, <laughs> hey. I'm yeah. just saying, I'm probably the last option you're going to get. <laughs> so Maybe JCVD's more experienced with it. I'm just saying for me, I'm pretty sure federal agents are a boner killer. <laughs> yeah. Me too. I don't know. I feel like if you're either working with the Russian mob or, as I said, an ex-sniper, it's kind of, you know, the added risk. Like, there's always <laughs> nice about having that extra, like, taboo thing to your oh, fucking sex life. it's like fucking life. in so, public, but with the wait, possibility yeah. of getting gunned down. Is yeah. this, like, the triple X version of the army guys who are like, I can sleep anywhere, just give me five minutes in a flat <laughs> surface. I can fuck anywhere, just give me a bathroom. Just, would you say that he's taking a maximum risk? He is taking a very maximum <laughs> risk. All right, guys, I think we have risked ourselves enough. Jay, I'm going to start with you. Maximum Risk from 1996, starring our best friend Jean-Claude Van Damme. Would you sit down and watch it again? Oh, man. Maximum Risk is a noir thriller. It's got mystery. It has the Russian mob, corrupt FBI, gunplay, Jean-Claude Van Damme martial arts, brilliant car chases, it's a story about revenge. I don't know that I can express how much I love Maximum Risk. It hits all of the boxes for me. I am absolutely going to be watching this again. Yeah. I don't know why this hasn't been a staple Van Damme movie for me. And in fact, one of the fun things that we didn't even talk about was Van Damme, and when he's getting out of the bank in Nice, in France, he fucking takes some gum and a cigarette, lights it, and sticks the gum to the cigarette and sticks it to the fire alarm so that it goes off later. I mean, there's just so much in this movie to love. I'm absolutely going to watch it again. Awesome. Casey, what about you? 1996 Maximum Risk, would you watch it again? Brick, yes, I would. I'm upset this is the <laughs> first time I've ever seen this. How? Really? Like, this really? felt like a Franco-American love letter to a Hong Kong action film. I love everything that Ringo Lamb did with it. He's worked with Chow Young Fat, Jackie Chan, Sammo Hung, Van Damme several times. I yes, and honestly, I want to watch more of his works too. So I will absolutely. I'm probably gonna watch it again before the end of the month, which isn't very long, but I'm gonna fucking do it. Dave, how about you? Maximum Risk, 1996. Would you watch it again? You know, I, I, I've pushed back a little bit on some of the kung fu in this and some of the storytelling Piece in this, but I don't want it to sound like that means it's it's you shouldn't watch it for that. Uh, one of the biggest things for me with action movies is that essentially they're just barely disguised dance movies. So it doesn't need to be good storytelling. The story just needs to explain why we're all suddenly combat dancing with each other. Right? Yeah. It doesn't need to make sense why John Wick is murdering 175 people. It just needs to, you justified it at the start. Oh, they killed a dog. Cool. I'm good with 85 more minutes of murder then. 
And Maximum Risk does a really good job of giving me just enough justification from the story for the next fight scene or the next gunfight or the next chase. And then we cut back to enough storytelling for eh, five to ten minutes. You got enough? Cool. Let's do the next one then. (laughs) And it just rinse and repeats for an hour and 40. It keeps it short. It keeps it tight. It's fun from start to finish. Yes, I'm absolutely going to watch Maximum Risk again. It is a great example of the 90s action movie that doesn't take itself too seriously. Uh, So, Juice, this was your pick for the week. Closing out Van Damuary. Maximum Risk from 1996. Would you watch it again? Van Damme right? I'm going to fucking watch this movie again. (laughs) Not only did we get Van Damme, but we also, the unsung hero of this movie was Sebastian. Van Damme's partner at the beginning, who we already talked about sticking the bad guy's head through the van just so that Van Damme could fucking, you know, give him a good pistol whip. But the movie starts off when Van Damme is all worried about the fact that I can't believe my mother didn't tell me. We get the line from him that, well, your parents lie to you just to prepare you for the fact that the government is always going to lie to you. Yeah. Jay loved that line so much. I like it. That's it. I get it. I, I right? clapped for that man, and I was sitting by myself. <laughs> this was a fucking fantastic movie. I agree with you, Casey. I can't believe that this hasn't been more relevant in Van Damuary. It needs to come up more, and this is going to be a staple from here on out. So, on that note, guys, the verdict is in. Four out of four of us are going to sit down and watch Maximum Risk. Yes. I believe that makes it a sweep for Van Damme month. Four yes. for four for four for four for four for eh. four. I, it's kind of, yeah, that's not surprising, though. It's Van Damuary. Speaks more to us as people than it does necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm well. okay with that. I'm okay with that, too, Casey. <sighs> it is with a heavy heart that we do end Van Damuary here, but at least we ended on a high mm. note. Yes. Great call, Juice. Yes, excellent. excellent. So next month, we honor the shit show that has been the last year. When everything went down in March, we decided to turn this March into hellish month because that's the best (laughs) way to describe this fucking last year. So all things supernatural, evil, and generally bad, bad, not good. So I'm going to kick the month off with 2005's Doom starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Oh, this is going to be my first viewing. Yeah, never. Really? It's yeah, yeah. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm only aware of how bad. Promise it is. me I've we'll still be it. married by the end of March. I refuse to make that <laughs> promise. <laughs> In the meantime, Cinemites, swing by the Facebook page sh.ttycinema. For any and all updates, check out shittycinema.com. We're on Twitter at Bad Movies Bad People. I mean, hello. Casey's on Instagram at Casey.cinema. If you want to help us in a bigger way, swing by the Shitty Cinema Patreon page. And as always, let's turn out the lights, put on a towel, no. and go wrestle some Russians. That's the fuck. <laughs>